Welcome to the Wired Podcast! Wow, you weren't kidding about a bit of energy. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't at all. I've had my sandwich, I've had my tuna farney, and I'm ready for a podcast. Right, and uh, do you know, today, I've been hearing from some people of how they listen to the, to the Wired Podcast. Okay, and how do they listen so to themselves? Sarah Percival Long, who is a youth worker working in the Guildford area, she is heavily pregnant. She is not she... a youth worker working in the Guildford area. What is she? She's a diocesan youth advisor in Winchester. <laughs> she's, a, she's a youth worker, like work, working nearby, in it. In Guildford. In Guildford. And she's my best friend. No, she's not at all. No, she is. She's a great friend. You just don't listen. Uh, and she is heavily pregnant, and she tells me that she listens to the podcast waddling down to the shops, and it really empowers her walk. So that's why I did that really large introduction, because I'm thinking of like Sarah yeah. and other people who are maybe lifting heavy machinery right now and they just need a little bit of kind of like yes I know, the I, podcast is landing we're scoring really big with lathe operators <laughs> and other mechanical workers <laughs> we've all got to make a living martin yeah we do all right. to make mate. a living so um did she can i just ask did she yeah. use the word waddling she did i okay, did that's not okay. attribute to her any word that she did not attribute right, to her so she cheekily checking twitter to make sure that was the word that we used uh, yeah, wonderful. So, um, today we've got a really exciting interview coming up a little bit later with Ali Campbell. Yeah. Last time I saw Ali Campbell, he was down the front yes. at a research launch. Yes. This might be a relevant thing to bring up. So, a little while back, uh, our friends at Youth for Christ uh, released some research that they'd done, uh, which they called Gen Z, Rethinking Culture. And uh, it was a, a basically an attempt to do uh, a bit of analysis on how young people think, what they're thinking about, what's in, what are the priorities and important factors for young people. So we've done some research, you know, Losing Heart, which is about the church and young people. Interestingly, Youth for Christ have done a, a completely different angle. They've done the world of the teenager. Really helpful, they're, they're yeah. really helpful. Yeah. And so some really interesting stuff that came out of that report. One thing which I was really intrigued by, for me, the, the one that really hit me between the eyes, but maybe because I'm an old fogey, um, was about YouTube mm. and about how young, how much young people um, watch YouTube, how many hours they spend watching it. The huge percentages of young people, 80% of young people said that watching YouTube videos was like their dominant mm. pastime. Um, so it was bigger than any other, any other thing that they did, bigger than watching movies, bigger than playing sports, seeing their friends going on social media. YouTube was the number one. And the other thing was that they talked about how they, um, they affected by negative voices on YouTube. So um, they um, uh, essentially, YouTube has become the sort of glossy gossip magazine of 2017. Uh, you know, so instead of feeling bad about yourself because the man or the woman in the magazine looks a certain way, yeah, that's now right. it's that a YouTuber YouTube looks a certain yeah. way, you could never be like that YouTuber. So I found that really fascinating. However, there was a probably much more interesting uh, a bit of research around the role uh, that parents play and the impact of yeah. family on young people's lives and therefore by implication on our youth ministry. And so our guest today uh, is a real expert in that area and a real advocate in that area. And so you talked to him, didn't you? I did. So I caught up with Ali Campbell, who is a very experienced youth worker and he runs theresource.org.uk. And I had a really interesting conversation with him, Martin, and very quickly it became the thing which is his heart, which is the big question, do we, 
in the church, Christian families, Christian parents particularly, do we abdicate our responsibility in discipling our children and we hand it over to the youth workers? So big stuff is going to raise lots of issues with people, but have a little listen to what Ali says. So let's go for it. So I'm I'm here with my friend Ali. Ali, we've known each other a long time. Ali Campbell. We've known each other a while, haven't we? Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> at least at least a decade, I think. Okay. I think when the Romance Academy first started, I think you were one of the first people to grab it and say. Let's train our local youth because I remember that massively. Down down to, to, where was that? Was that Southeast? East? Where, where, where were we? Canterbury, um, weren't we? Youth ministry. I don't know where we were. Sus- it was, I, it was Sussex somewhere. So, Ali, it's just um, great that you're joining us. And then we, um, I've known Martin, of my friend Martin and Saunders spotted you at the launch of the the YFC Gen Z research recently. And, yeah. uh, and he said that um, when they talked about the piece of research about the impact that parents have on young people's lives. I think people were quite surprised that the 1,000 young people researched, the, the top the top thing they said was the main influence in their lives was parents. And Martin said he looked across the room and he saw you and your face just lit up. Um, because I think, Ali, one of the things that we, we love you for most and know you for most is just the way that you champion the role of family, whether that's biological family or spiritual family um, in young people's lives. So what, what, what is that for you? Talk to us a little bit about, about that. I guess it's um, Psalm 78 talks about um, we will tell the next generation. And there's a generational thing that just the, the writer gets carried away in there where he, talks, he starts talking about the children yet to be born. He's that excited about what's being passed on to the next generation. And that generally is adults doing that. And I think in the church we've got used to that spiritual direction or faith formation happening at church with specialists doing it or even volunteers doing it and parents advocating that part of their child's life and growth and I guess what I've seen particularly as I've become a parent is I'm so invested in what happens to my kids not in a kind of freaky control way I hope but just wanting to see them become all they can be and I know that they will flourish most in life if they know Jesus. So for me to not be involved in that seems bonkers mm. when I say I love Jesus myself. So I've just heard you use a really um, a really strong phrase. You talk about Christian parents um, abdicating their responsibility to raise the kids in the faith. I, I'm a parent, you're a parent, loads of volunteers, youth workers and employed youth workers are parents so I mean that what do you what do you mean by that are Christian parents willfully saying actually doesn't really matter or is it that we feel disempowered what what is that I think it's a mixture of things hearing you say it back to me I'm like oh that is strong (laughs) but I think if you take for example the the way the church encourages that abdication so whether that's the leadership or the structure of church many churches still prefer to do stuff separately in in compartmentalized groups um the, the, te- the real teaching or the real worship happens when the children and young people have left. None of what we do when we gather encourages us to think about who we are intergenerationally, apart from if we have a go once a month at an all-age worship. Some churches love that and do it really well. Others do it because they think they're supposed to, but actually would rather be doing their age-appropriate stuff. Mm. And I think none of that lends itself to saying... It matters that we're together. It matters that we're one body. Yeah, and I have and to say, as a, as a volunteer youth worker for my church, I love the all-age service because of my five-year-old daughter who loves it. 
But I just see that the teenagers, anyone aged sort of eight, nine, ten upwards, it's just really difficult to get them there and it's really difficult to engage them in it. So I think as a youth worker, when I hear the all-age service thing, my heart slightly sinks and I kind of think, oh gosh, it's going to be preschool again for, for church. And I think you're right, we've not cracked this, have we? So you're saying that the, no. real, the real teaching happens outside of the times with our young people. What, do you see any examples of, of that changing? With Messy Church, what's interesting is how there's now Messy Teenagers stuff that Lucy Moore and others have written about. And they're starting to look at messy discipleship because having, having done it as a fresh expression and aimed it at sort of being an outreach thing, now it's been going for nearly a decade. It's just saying, well, actually, we've got people who have come to faith through being part of this. But actually, are we growing disciples? And I think there's a way of being together that means actually don't think about your differences in terms of age. If everybody's involved in stuff, they all enjoy doing together. And, you know... Lots of families enjoy getting together and having family meals and everybody being there. They don't think, oh, no, look at all the ages in the room. It's just natural and normal. What we haven't done is make it natural and normal for us to be together. It is hard and it takes a lot of work, but I've seen it done really well. And I suppose as well, the problem as well, Ali, is surely if we see the only time we get together as being a church service, that's such a narrow view isn't it and it's such a tiny amount of time I mean you're absolutely right I've not thought of it like that you you sit around and have a meal as a family and you don't think oh my goodness there's a two-year-old and there's an 80-year-old how on earth are we going to make this meal relevant for everyone no, you're just all sitting exactly. there hanging out and I wonder if as church we don't play together enough we don't hang out together we think that the service is the is the one intersecting point I suppose isn't it if the all-age worship is the place to experiment or do something if we do too much that's completely different then it freaks people out that are coming expecting a service yeah together. yeah and as you say, discipleship is messy, and I think the one thing we know is that there isn't a formula, is there? So um, I, I just, I'm really inspired by this conversation with you about the role of family in raising children in the faith. I suppose the question is, what about all those young people and children who are part of our church, who don't come from Christian families? Um, I mean, what, is, what does that look like for them when they go home and there isn't a home environment that's nurturing them in the faith? They haven't got parents who are going to be investing in their spiritual formation. So what's the role of church in that? And what's the role of the volunteer youth worker who feels powerless but loves yeah. this young person? There's some hefty challenges around the way we understand ministry. So we've got children and families workers, and often that's just a given. If you're going to be the children's pastor, you're going to engage with families. And I think in youth work, we very much have separated, you know, the home is the place the young person lives. So the last thing they want is their youth worker pitching up on their doorstep, talking to their parents, whether they're Christian parents or not. But I think we've got to think differently about how we engage with family. Why haven't we got youth and families workers if we've got children's and families workers? So, so why don't we, we have youth and families workers then? Because this is something you've been I, championing for a I, while. You, you're probably ahead of the game than most of us in, in, in knowing what, what's the barriers. Why don't we have youth and family workers? I honestly don't know. I think when I didn't have kids, um, I wasn't ahead of the game in terms of thinking about stuff. I wasn't doing it. So parents weren't in the way of what I was trying to do. But it very much felt like their focus was on the academic attainment of their kids. And if they could get to stuff that we were running as youth workers, they would. And if they couldn't, their academic study took priority, so that was just tough. Yeah. And from my perspective, I was thinking, I'm trying to disciple your kids. And... <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. But I was completely missing the fact that they were partners in that with me. But I don't think there's much conversation happening between parents about how are you doing this stuff at home? All of the evidence 
research stuff says, and I think a lot of parents don't believe this to be true, that they have influence over their young people. I think what they think is they've now got a peer group, all their mates, they're hanging out with them, they're on social media, they're doing whatever they do, and I don't know what it is, and that freaks me out, so I can't talk to them about stuff. But actually, the, the kids still are looking and watching their parents hugely. Mm. I think there is a lack of confidence parents have mm. in how they talk to their kids. It is a challenge, isn't it? Because I feel that um, when I became a mum, I remember suddenly entering those spaces where parents, we, we were tiptoe around each other and we all knew we were struggling with the same behavioural challenges or the same you know, sleeping patterns, but we didn't want to ever sound like we were being a smug, judgmental parent and telling other people how to raise their kids. So I think you're right, Ali, that leaders like yourself make it possible and give permission to say, this is difficult. You know, raising young people in this culture, it's always been difficult in every generation. It's difficult in this. And parents and youth workers and church leaders working together on this, we need to kind of be a bit more open to each other, don't we? I think there's a... I mean, I think you've done some great work. And I think one of the key things that makes the kind of self-harm stuff work, the Romance Academy, talking yeah. to parents about porn, what runs all the way through it is communication yeah. and understanding. Yeah. And I think if we were to think of family and parents talking to their children and young people, just doing that yeah. and creating space for parents to think about, well, how do I have any conversation? Not just a conversation about stuff I'm worried about, like is my child self-harming or are they looking at stuff they shouldn't? but actually just talking. Yeah. There's a great youth worker, actually, um, in my part of North London called Paul Cable, and he runs these parents' evenings quite regularly at his church, and it is exactly that, Ali. It's let's get, let's get a culture in our church that we just, as youth workers and parents and volunteers, we talk about everything and we inspire each other and equip each other, and I think he's seen real fruit from that, of the parents trusting him and his team a lot more, of him and his team feeling they actually understand a bit more the challenges for the young people in their homes. I, uh, I can hear that we're, we're about to wind this interview up and I can hear everyone shouting, no, because this is just so rich. Ali, people can get a bit more Ali Campbell in their life, can't they? Because I hear you're moving as well. We've been looking at and thinking about it uh, for a while. Um, as you know, living in the South is expensive. Um, being in ministry, you know, it doesn't pay amazing. So we can't sustain what we're doing where we are. And that we went... To have a look around the area, there was a job I had to look at and it didn't feel right because the resource, which is what I'm running, has been doing well. Um, but the church we fell in love with up there and we just thought this feels like a right, the right place to go and be. And we hope to move the end of July. There's a whole load of things that haven't come into place. It does feel like a step of faith. Wow. We don't know where we're going to live yet. Um, I'll yeah. be up for connecting with anybody who's up there. Yeah. Um, there's well, a absolutely. few people yeah. um, I'm lined up with anyway. But there's the resource great is there to support and encourage people doing youth and children's work. Great. And great. And this is awesome. I mean, Ali, I want, I want to say publicly, um, we love you and we're so grateful that you've remained committed to your call on your life. And it, and it comes at a cost. And you've been very honest just now in sharing that. And we, we hear that humbly. Um, but we're excited. We know that actually what, you, what God's placed in you needs to be heard and is going to be heard and is going to bear fruit. So please, lovely folks listening to this, 
search online for Ali Campbell for the resource. There's some great stuff to really help you with this whole life discipleship of young people. You know, just kind of get the blinkers off and look at the role of family life and home life. And Ali, we bless you as you head north. There is some great youth work in the north. A good friend of mine, Johnny, in Barrow. I'm sure he'll be getting in touch with you. Ali, so just give us your website again for the resource. It's um, theresource.org.uk. Brilliant. Ali, thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful rest of the day. See you. Bye, mate. Bye. The Youthscape Podcast. I know this isn't the first thing I should say, but I, I really want to just point out how much Ali Campbell sounds like Sir Michael Caine. I think he would love that. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I didn't think about it at all, but I think he'd love that. Okay. Well, I like, mean, a good person to sound yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, isn't it interesting how Ali uh, talks about uh, the role of youth ministry and family ministry working in town? I wonder how true we think it is that many churches kind of abdicate responsibility mm-hmm. and families, might, uh, parents might abdicate responsibility I think, to the yeah, youth worker. Not consciously. I mean, I think... I feel like as a single Christian parent listening to that saying, well, yeah, actually, that's exactly what I do. I don't care at all about my mm-hmm. kids' spiritual development. But I think possibly what Ali is pointing at is the way that we formalise and structure the youth work and we remove mm-hmm. the children from the service. And we don't, he, he's really big on the festivals, isn't he? And, and bringing people together and celebrating our high, high feasts together. And I think it, that, that's quite telling. I think if you look at the churches, way they celebrate festivals probably says quite a bit about how they view all mm, together, all in worship. So there's a yeah. good challenge there, I feel. Do you think, I mean, as parents, sometimes we feel like uh, our children, and I've got an 11-year-old now, terrifying me, we're just getting to the stage where I'm going to be doing that thing where I say, oh, I'm a bit of a youth worker at home as well. But the, um, uh, the, the, do you think sometimes, as you say, subconsciously, we think, gosh, it's not really our role to talk about faith. That uh, it's prob- they wouldn't want us to talk to them about faith, and it's better for those who are trained, mm. you know, otherwise to to um, to actually do that part of it. And we're just there to be give yeah. them a hug when they fall over. And if you think about the Gen Z research, I think that's an eye-opening piece that parents play such significant mm-hmm. position of influence in young people. I think most of us probably feel that by the time our kids get to 15, mm. 16, we have no influence left. Mm. We're just kind of feeding them and taxing them around. So I think Ali's onto something really, really powerful there, and. Probably a little bit like our research, losing heart. If there's a lack of confidence in the church around raising young people, there's probably a lack of confidence in our Christian parents, in our families that aren't Christians that are connected to the church, just feeling that young people are slipping through our fingers mm. and the older they get, the further away they get from our mm. influence. And I think it's really good to kind of remind ourselves to take stock and and do where where we do feel maybe we are leaning back and thinking, please, professional, come in and take over. Actually, we are the loving authority in our children's lives, and let's not step back when we should be leaning in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a that's a really good challenge. I he and I had a really interesting conversation. Actually, some of it was off the off air. It wasn't when we were recording because I was saying to him that I really struggle with all age worship. I mm. really really don't like it. Not as an idea. I love the idea, but in practice, it feels like preschool, um, and that's. And, and that's with the best people involved doing it. And I, and I think there's been a few places like Spring Harvest Big Start do a phenomenal job. There's there's churches that do it brilliantly. But on the whole, all-age worship feels like the worst mm-hmm. of all of it. Um, so we had a good chat about that because he was really challenging to me and saying, don't check it out just because you've not seen it work. 
And some of my favourite songs now are children's songs. Are they? Yeah. You know what? that Noah Bill the Most Enormous Boat song? Do you know that one? I don't. I'm advocating oh, much. Oh, that's a brilliant. That's a brilliant song. I mean, oh. you know, it's basically Old Testament stories put to music, but, but I love it. And, I, and actually, interestingly, the Pete James, who uh, is a worship leader and not known for writing songs for kids or children, has written a brilliant song about God suit on, about the armour of God. So mm. there's, I think when probably more people get involved in this space, mm. um, I think that can really help open it up. But I think it's a real challenge about how do we nurture young people who've not grown up in Christian families, but to have experience in our church of what a family mm. setup looks like. Mm. Um, and what role do other adults play? So we think about, um, as parents, gosh, we, we need to take some responsibility for our own children. But there's that whole thing, isn't there? It's a very well-worn phrase that it takes a whole village to, to raise a child. And actually, we as adults who aren't youth workers in any church congregation, we all have a, a role to play in the spiritual development of all the teenagers yeah. in, in, in the congregation, whether we're technically youth leaders or not. Mm. Like Actually, the role-modelling by other by adults across the board in a in a congregation is really important yeah. because teenagers don't just look at their leaders when they decide whether they're going to take this faith seriously or not. They look at all the adults in the congregation, and I, you know certainly there. So I can remember as a young person, um, you know, looking at my youth leaders and thinking they're amazing Christians. I want to be like them, but some of the other guys in the church are just really disinterested mm. in us and, and don't don't care about us at all. Yes. And, and yeah. so that massively impacted yeah. me as a as a, as a Teenager, so I think it's not just a message for um, for parents and youth leaders. It's for every adult. Yeah, I think the eye rolling. I remember as a teenager, definitely picking up that adults mostly what they did when teenagers around was eye roll. Mm. I think you're absolutely right. It's the tiny things, isn't mm. it? Mm. It's not about necessarily volunteering for every youth project, but being someone who's prepared to answer questions and prepared to give and reach out to young people. I think that's that's absolutely key. So good stuff. And he's moving north. He is. So good on him. Yeah, well done. Going up north. Staying in uh, youth ministry yes. as well, which I think costs. is really, yeah, yes. it does cost because he's 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 moving north so that he can stay and he's yeah. moving to a new place so that he can stay in youth ministry. I just want to say massive respect to Ali yeah. for um, putting his call to youth work above everything else. So Ali, if you want to get a hold of um, Ali's stuff, it's called theresource.org.uk. I really recommend it. And uh, he is moving north. So if you are in the north, which let's face it, this southerner here is anything north of Watford, yeah. then uh, do reach out to him. Specifically Lancashire. Should we be a bit more specific? <laughs> Actually, my Lancashire. husband's from Lancashire, yeah. Is he? Yeah, he's a, he's a Preston Blackboard. Blackboard there you go. So that's where he's going. Yeah, brilliant. So Ali, every blessing. We are now going to play a game. And uh, the game, just to remind you, dear people, is we have a drop-in in our building here every day. Young people come from all across Luton, hang out with us. And while youth workers on the ground do many, many other things, one of the things they do is collect words that they then challenge Martin and I to see if we understand what these words are. So this is the word for the week. Word. 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 Today's word is quack. Quack, like the duck noise. Right, the last few times, the word has been something quite serious. Like we've had about drug dealing, we've had about knife throwing. I mean, I have to say, is this crack cocaine? I mean, it's quack. Quack quack cocaine. Quack. Is it? Is it linked in with that? Is it a type of drug? Is it? Is I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just basically say my answer is something serious. So I don't know what it is, but it's not frivolous, Martin. Come on, you got to go more than that. And it's serious. You are going for quack cocaine. I think. I'm going quack, quack cocaine, <laughs> that, which is not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. No, no. It's, it's, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so okay. what are you going to go for now? 
The Escape Podcast, where we laugh about drugs. Oh no, don't. Please don't. We'll edit that. We'll edit that bit out. Here we go. Uh, so you're going for... I'm going to go for quack, as in... I can't get away from it sounding like crack. So you, it's so a, drug. a drug. Yeah. Which wow. it blatantly isn't. Okay, I know I've been here before. I know this is very base. Don't say motivation. I think it's a fart. <laughs> I think it's a fart. And it's a young person quack. <laughs> And, and the context is, I'm just coming outside and I need to crack. Uh, do you know what? I just thought about it a bit more. I think it's a girl farting. So I think it's a girl. Yeah. I th- no, no, because girls can fart as well as men. Yeah, but let's not be. Let's, let's not gender this. No, we let's definitely genderless gender farts. No, let's For all. gender. I'm getting that t-shirt. Pink farts of flowers. <laughs> Pink farts. I'm saying it's all. But um, but right, but okay. I'm saying it. Well, it's. I think it's a girl fart. Okay. What on earth is the answer? So quack is like a really good thing, for example, like on a scale of one to quack, how good is something? This uh, milkshake is totally quack. What? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> on a scale of one to quack, I love it. I, do you know, I secretly hope that everyone else listens to this, it doesn't make any sense. I secretly hope this is a Luton thing, that our Luton young people are coming up with some brilliant words that no one else knows. But I also think we've discovered things that need words that don't have them. Like, yeah. what, is it, what is the name for a girl's fart? Oh, I see. Okay. And what is the name if your mum has a biscuit? And exactly. You biscuit? Yeah, if you want to have a biscuit. <laughs> what is the name Let's for not that? go back there. It's not my mum's biscuit. Let's just start that whole thing again. We're not, we're not done yet. Okay. Despite, did that, are we calling that? Nobody got anywhere near that. Oh, you, know, you haven't even scored it, have we? No, um, there's, no, no. there's no way of scoring that. No. Um, I did. I just wanted to mention something, uh, which is that we have a new thing that we've made uh, at YouthScape, a new thing that people can uh, buy, a new resource for a youth ministry, and you'll get there in the end. And uh, it's called Shuffle. Now, you may have come across it last year when we made a sort of pilot test version, but the full version in all its glory is out uh, this summer and is going to be able to buy, be available to buy for the first time at Soul Survivor. Uh, this summer and on our website at youthscape.co.uk slash store uh, and shuffle is a card game that you play if you're a young person who has just decided to explore the Christian faith mm-hmm. for the first time so that's who it's ideally suited to so it's it, the place we started from was all those young people who make a faith commitment at a festival or an event or an exciting kind of mountaintop experience and then don't know where to go with it and end up kind of finding their faith fizzles out a bit. This is uh, a game which helps you do a sort of 44-day journey uh, through your, your first steps as a Christian. So it, um, it, it takes you through different spiritual disciplines, different ways of connecting with God, all backed by a bit of research, um, but hopefully in a really fun way, which just gets you doing some fun challenges which help you to engage with God each day. And if you get a card... This is the basic concept. If you can get a card uh, one day that you don't feel ready to do, you stick it back in the deck of cards and you shuffle it, which is why it's called shuffle. So uh, hopefully really simple to, um, uh, to, to, to understand and play. Uh, hopefully lots of young people will play it this summer uh, and beyond. So if you mm. want to find out more about that, youthscape.co.uk slash store. It should be there now. Soon. And actually we've uh, had some great feedback from youth workers and young people who use... Yeah the early pilot version of it, so definitely get your hands in it. So Martin, on a scale of one to quack, yeah. on a scale of moo to bark, yeah. what do you think this podcast is? I thought it was definitely 
Steve. Brilliant, and that's all we've got time for. So take care of yourselves, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. The Youthscape podcast is always free, but if you'd like to support us, find us on patreon.com slash youthscape. Oh, and now we've left a long silence.